Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hi, listeners, and welcome to the New Books Network's special series, New Books and Celebration Studies. My name is Emily Allen, and I'm your host for this episode. For today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Fabian Holt about his book, Everyone Loves Live Music, A Theory of Performance Institutions, published by the University of Chicago Press in 2020. In Everyone Loves Live Music, Fabian Holt shows how festivals and other institutions of musical performance have evolved in recent decades. Adopting a critical approach, Holt upends commonly held ideas of live music and introduces a theory of performance institutions. The two central institutions of popular music, the club and the festival, are analyzed within the broader history of music and cultural life in modernity, shedding new lights on organized cultural life and capitalism, urban media cultures, and the role of festive events in society. Everyone Loves Live Music argues that while live music provides exciting experiences for many people, it also promotes a new ideology of music and neoliberal capitalism. Dr. Fabian Holt is Associate Professor in the Department of Communications and Arts at Roskilde University. He is also the author of the book, Genre and Popular Music, also published by the University of Chicago Press. So, Dr. Holt, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of New Books and Celebration Studies. Thank you. Looking forward to our talk. So before we get into the book itself, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Scandinavian, as you can probably hear. I, I've I've um, I, I, I'm Danish, and but I've also traveled um, different countries. I, I I did a book on genre in 2007 that was uh, mostly based on on some time I spent in Chicago. Um, I've also worked in in Germany. Um, uh, I, I I studied music. I have uh, so, so my formal training is in musicology, uh, especially historical musicology of popular music. Um, and since then, I, I sort of my expertise has has evolved and or expanded and transformed um, into sociology, in particular. Uh, so so my approach to music and, and and to festival culture is is more social scientific, but it combines sort of musicology, I think, with sociology. Great. And I think that definitely shows um, over the course of your book quite well, kind of how interdisciplinary you view these, you know, institutions of popular music. So I'm excited to hear you talk about that more. Yes. Um, Going on to the book itself, can you talk about your process of writing Everyone Loves Live Music? 
Oh, that's a that's a good question. It's something I'm 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 happy to talk about because uh, because I left it out entirely in the book. You know, I was thinking if I should reveal something in the foreword. Um, there's a lot of drama and exp- and 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 uh, uh, sort of uh, behind the book. Um, first of all, the book has been in process over a period of almost thirteen years. Um, um, although it wasn't until th- it wasn't until 2016 that I sort of started writing the book. I said, okay, now this is going to be a monograph. I'm going to write a book. Um, but I've been exploring the area of live music since it became sort of a big issue in in the 2000s, in the late 2000s, when there was this story about how you know the live music industry was going to save the music business and and. Um, uh, what what happened was that I mean I and I think also others discovered that uh, this was an exciting topic and and we wanted to teach or study and study you know festivals and concerts but 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 there was not really any theory or it was not an established field of scholarship and for for this reason I think in retrospect uh, I was. Uh, all I was doing for some years was exploring different possible sort of approaches and theorizations, and and, uh, and my research was was uh, it was largely empirical actually because uh, I've been building sort of the theory uh, uh, the theory of live music and the feel of live music uh, sort of from the empirical research basically, and then later on drawing inspiration from 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 various disciplines, but. Um, so, so the book has been in pro- it's been in process for for a really long time, and then in 2016, I, I made this decision to write the book uh, that this was now going to be a monograph, and 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 that was the beginning of the two most intensive of the three most intensive years of my life in terms of work. Uh, I was working from four in the morning to uh, to uh, I mean extremely long hours every day for. For at least two years, and and um, and 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 revising, you know, it was uh, also uh, proposing different theorizations, finding out that the, the uh, finding out that it had to be uh, had to, to be done in, had to be done differently. Uh, at least in three rounds, I, I, I something I never something I never done was to to delete fifty pages in one round, and 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 many other. Many more pages in another round. So, 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 so the book is actually a, a distilled. It's a condensed, um, you know, product of uh, so of a lot of work and 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 uh, uh, larger drafts. Yeah, sounds like it was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 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 so if someone was going to ask me what the method was. I mean, <laughs> I, of course, I can say that the, the, the method is to ask a question and then examine it and, and use some theory. But but the re, but the more complex truth is that uh, that, uh, I, that I was asking many questions, uh, uh, testing many theories, um, uh, back and forth before I landed on the question that uh, that. Uh, 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 became the uh, sort of the main research question and the theory that became the main theory. Right. And kind of thinking about that, like all these different approaches you bring in, you know, into this book, who do you think maybe some target readers for this book might be? 
I, I, um, I, well, I, I, the target readers are, are people interested in music studies, and and of course it's sort of the topic. But but in music studies, music students, music scholars, also but also sociology, especially cultural sociologists and festival scholars. So those are some of the. And urban studies, I've learned that there are, also, there are people in urban studies that are also drawing inspiration from our work, and 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 and, uh, and urban theory is an important part. It's an important part of some chapters of the book. So, so those are the main areas. But I think um, it's a book that uh, um, it wants to it wants to make a contribution to 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 a small network of specialists on in thinking about music and culture and modernity and then offer a lot as much as possible to a, to a much wider audience so it so, so that's what the book is trying to do it's not only or it's not sort of alone you know targeting to, to the general reader uh, it, it it really wants to do something for for the um, sort of for the sort of for, for the um, Sort of for the specialist in in this complex area of research, at the same time offering something to a to a to a broader readership. Right, and you know, looking at music studies, what do you think this book adds to the existing, you know, body of research in that area? Hmm. Um. I I hope that. Um, I, 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 well, at first, I mean, uh, a very specific and, and, and simple contribution is, uh, to point to the, to the, um, to the role of, of, uh, you know, festivals and concerts in musical life. Uh, this, I mean, music studies, um, um, has this focus on aesthetics and the experience of music. Uh, and what this book is, it wants to do is to show, uh, that, show that, that, that um, the musical experience and musical culture, um, uh, in complex ways are, are shaped by the seasons of, of, uh, of, of festivals and concert life is everyday concert life in that, that um, uh, music and the uh, understand the understanding, you know, concert and festivals uh, sort of can expand and and explain many aspects of musical culture that that um, uh, might not be only about you know the, about the music itself, but um, but certainly it can explain a lot more sort of about how music is understood and the value music has in society to, to many different groups of people. Right. Um, I think that comes across too with like you're talking about your urban studies components that you brought in and the sociological components. I think you definitely do that. Um, and, per, and the, I think I'm sorry to interrupt, but but I, but I just wanted to add that the, 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 this is I'm thinking specifically also of the of the discussion of festivals and musicology, where this is the situation now that, that festivals have been a big issue in in in, in cultural life for, for decades now, and festivals have been important for a long time, but 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 there's been this festivalization of society and culture for decades. 
and still, I mean, it, there's no handbook of, of music festivals or, or, uh, or, um, I think I think festivals are not recognized at the core in core conversations about what musicology is and how it should be conducted. Right, absolutely. So this is definitely a big, I think, springboard for that to happen um, mm-hmm. as time goes on. Uh, also, so going on to the content of the book, let's start with maybe the most obvious starting point: the title. Right. Yeah. So why did you decide to name the book "Everyone Loves Live Music"? Uh, I mean, naming a book is uh, sometimes difficult, and w- the and it was difficult because uh, the book uh, is is uh, somewhat broad and and has a complex narrative. So it has many potential titles. I think everyone loves live music um, um, as an element of. Uh, well, I mean, it's um, it's referencing the live music literature, the, the scholarship on live music that has developed in the past uh, decade or so. Um, so it's a contribution and a comment on that literature. Um, uh, but it's also a comment on, on the on the public perception of of live music as uh, this. Um, you know this curious situation where 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 everyone seems to like live music, but for different reasons. And and when scholars inquire what live music really is, it's uh, you get different and confusing answers. And I think that that that, that one of the reasons uh, I think the main sort of you know point is that. Um, Live music has been promoted. The positive images of live music has been promoted by the industry. It's loved by consumers, um, um, and and that and that um, and by politicians that want to stimulate sort of creative economies, cultural economies in cities. Um, uh, but 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 there's a lack of critical, you know, thinking about. Um, what this is doing to musical culture that, that, uh, in some ways, you know, live, sort of the, the popular image of live music is narrowing the way we understand musical culture. Um, because, um, it's reserved for some kinds of music, for some kinds of performance, for some kinds of music events. Um, and this is something I, this is something that, uh, this is sort of critique is, is important early in the book. Um, where I basically say that, that, what we are seeing now in the past decade or two is an is a commercial exploitation of the folk narrative of the folk idea or the sort of this vernacular idea of sort of live music that it, I think that emerged in the mid twentieth century when the live music was was uh, simply the alternative to to um, to to meet sort of to recorded music. Uh, what has happened in the past two decades is that live music has become institutionalized as a commodity. Now, live music is not uh, only sort of uh, it doesn't only refer to, to 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 the situation of listening to something sort of you know that's happening directly, sort of um, uh, sort of simultaneously, but but um, either you are there in person or you listen to it online, sort of. Um, but uh, but it refers to the to the to the arrangement to the social arrangement whereby you know consumers are buying tickets and and going to an event to a commercial event. 
Right. And, you know, you do a good job of kind of articulating those main thoughts in your introduction. And then, of course, kind of the tangible aspect is you choose to focus on, you know, the club and the festival as kind of your focal points. So why did you choose to look at those two domains, the club and the festival? Mm. Uh, I think uh, to start with festivals, I think that, I mean, there's little... Uh, um, it's not hard to decide that festivals are important. It's really the, the the dominant form of musical performance today, the dominant type of music events. Uh, I mean, fest I mean, festivals have just uh, you know, uh, festivals are everywhere, and they're imitated in they imitated in 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 um, in communication and politics uh, in, in many different areas uh, of, of cultural life and social cultural life. Clubs um, have been, I mean, have been important for a century, um, and 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 they illustrated both examples. Uh, both the club and the festival illustrate this transformation or, or this evolution from from what I would call an institution of, uh, you know. Uh, something that's organized by by smaller communities to becoming owned by corporations so and and that's why for instance uh, the the arena or the stadium the stadium uh, i mean are not sort of central to the book because uh, they have not undergone the same uh, the same transformation but the club it used to be you know uh, and there's still this image of clubs some clubs still have that function but 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 fewer uh, clubs used to be this place where uh, where neighborhood communities of musicians and fans would sort of get together and meet regularly, and 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 some kind of social capital would develop uh, a sense of community around music, and, and and the same with festivals. And festivals really started uh, sort of pop music festivals started uh, with these uh, bohemian scenes in the city. Uh, sort of migrating to the to um, to a rural site in the summer season. I mean, San Francisco. Some of the first uh, some of the first festivals there in, in San Francisco and, and other places in California, but also Woodstock, and and really the first Newport festivals. Uh, yeah, so, so not the first, but but the first you know, you would say jazz and popular music festivals were the Newport festivals. They were they also evolved from from clubs and they. Essentially, sort of presented the the um, the uh, stars of the New York jazz scene, yeah, and later the folk scene. Right. Yeah, I think you uh, do. I think you organized those two, as you call them, domains, really well um, in the structure of the book, and you know, do a good job of kind of establishing the importance of those spaces too. Um, throughout and then again just doing all this to kind of give our listeners a foundation yeah. for the rest of the discussion um, there's also a key term here that you use throughout the book performance institution which mm-hmm. you explain in the introduction is quote a model of production and consumption and a particular type of performance space that has become socially meaningful and symbolically important in cultural life through frequent repetition and experience of the cultures, rituals, and values. End quote. So, can you talk a little bit more about, a, you know, a performance institution and how you theorize that term throughout the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the 
you know, the the, uh, the one way to explain this is that um, uh, I think I think a real challenge in 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 both st- uh, sort of studies of clubs and festivals uh, has been that um, uh, scholars have uh, authors have been writing about individual clubs and. And in some cases, uh, you know, uh, observing trends ac- across clubs and across festivals, but that uh, uh, there haven't been, uh, there's been this lack, or, 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 or it's possible to, to to build further or to sort of to develop the analysis further by having some some uh, explanations of the of the structural dimensions of this. Uh, so, so, so for me, the 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 word or the term institution uh, uh, emerged when I was thinking about not one festival but the general concept of festival. So, for instance, looking at 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 um, changing ideas of what a festival is or of what a festival can be. So, this is really the core for me. The, the core sort of idea of an of the institutional approach. This is to think about not only one example, but to think about what this is an example of. Uh, so, uh, so the um, so within the uh, urban urban sort of landscapes of clubs, um, there's been a transformation from the club as a neighborhood space uh, or, or as a space of a neighborhood scene. To the club becoming more like a like a small concert hall, this becomes the dominant model of the club, and 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 to think about uh, to, to 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 think about how you know the uh, the um, perception of clubs changes, how the image of clubs changes. Uh, this is uh, the institutional approach sort of allows us to say that this this is a general image of a club in general, not just one club. The same with festivals. Uh, um, and then, sort of the, I mean, institutional theory, it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's really fascinating area uh, of social science research that uh, that originates in in thinking of Durkheim, Emil Durkheim, Karl Marx, um, uh, later sort of Weber, Max Weber has written about it, um, and then in the um, in the seventies. It became a distinct field of, of social theory, and specifically in sort of in the area that I engage with is organizational sociology, um, in which the, the the sort of the interest is to understand why um, why organizations in a field uh, become more similar. Uh, this was um, this was uh, uh, this was. Um, Something that could be observed across different organizational fields, and 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 clubs, you know, uh, can be understood as an organizational field. There's a field of clubs. There's also a field of festivals, and 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 it's actually, in some ways, um, what has happened in the past um, two decades with the live music industry boom. The evolution of the live music industry, how it how it expanded from arenas into into festivals. Uh, really, the, it's really the story of the concert industry is that uh, many clubs became sort of the clubs that survived and the clubs that have grown um, have become more similar. 
uh, sort of both the design of clubs, sort of the spaces, the programming, the opening hours, um, uh, and many other aspects. Um, and the same with festivals. I mean, festivals have, have also become more similar uh, internationally. Uh, so a festival in, in Roskilde, uh, where I work, uh, is uh, much more similar now to to Coachella or to Lollapalooza than it was, uh, you know, uh, two decades ago or three decades ago. Uh, and and an institutional theory within organizational sociology explains sort of this role of of uh, of the industry, uh, these uh, dynamics in the industry in terms of you know centralized ownership and other things that. That um, and and also monopoly, sort of dominance and dependence on on the same pool of stars, um, among other things, explain you know why festivals in many countries are becoming more similar. And I think that perspective, I think this perspective is something I've been missing when I was reading uh, scholarship on clubs and festivals, and and something that, that I think that is relevant also to, to to musicology and to music studies because. Um, uh, this is really affecting what music is and what kinds of, what kinds of music people hear the images that are promoted in public life of music uh, because you know uh, I mean I mean Coachella is pretty influential in 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 in, in popular music and and um, as is other festivals so so I think that the that this uh, evolution this development of uh, of the, of the in the organizational fields especially in the content industry, uh, is, is, is highly relevant to, sort of, to music scholarship. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially um, in your opening chapters, you established that really well with, you know, the importance of these performance cultures and institutions, you know, in different disciplines. Um, and I think that sets up the, you know, more specific case studies throughout the book really well. Um, maybe going on. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's not easy to set up that much content. <laughs> no, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I at one point it was so tough to write this book to finish it that I that I, I didn't have any expectations if if people would like it. So every time someone says a nice, has a nice comment about the book, I'm, I'm so I'm very pleased. <laughs> Oh yeah, you you you're at at the end of your journey, and it's I know it's good to see yeah. <laughs> the product coming together <laughs> with all that work. Um, so I think maybe the next place to go is again kind of the binary of this book is club festival, you know, discussion. So let's maybe just get into the club context here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you have that section with that set of chapters about the club, and the first chapter of that section you know, gets into kind of what you were talking about at the beginning of the interview, like kind of the urban spaces um, and what, or music and cities to set up your New York and European club chapters. So um, can you talk a little bit based on that third chapter, you know, what research has been done on music and cities or urban spaces? So that's a big question because, um, uh, because cities have been have been have been um, subject of, of great interest uh, to music studies, music studies for a long time. Uh, the, the, there are many different literatures on on music in cities, and actually, there's been also attempt to establish uh, uh, music, urban music studies as a discipline, which is something I 
I, I, in the book, advice against, I think that this is probably not very meaningful. Um, um, although a dialogue between the, between the different perspectives, between different disciplines, I mean, can be developed further. I, I, I wouldn't kind of, I'm not arguing for, for, for subsuming all these different approaches into one discipline or into one sort of research field. Um, um, so there's a lot of writing about music in cities. Um, the, the, um, it's a, I mean, uh, maybe I can start by saying that, that, uh, that, um, that this chapter is about, uh, so you're talking about chapter three, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the, I think the point of that chapter is to, to, um, to show you know, to some extent how diverse and fragmented, I mean, think, thinking, I mean, there's a long history of thinking about music in cities. And I wanted to show that, um, also look beyond popular music. This is one of the general aims of the book is, okay, it's mainly about popular music, but it's not uh, confined to the idea of popular music studies. Um, so there are also discussions in the book of, of other forms of music, of other musical cultures. Um, um, I also wanted the, the uh, I also wanted chapter three to create s something of a history of, of music in cities throughout modernity in modern societies, um, uh, from, from the, from the beginnings of, 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 of co a public concert life in the, in the 18th century, um, which is really where the, 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 the um, which is really the birth of the consumer society and at the same time of civic society of secular musical culture. Um, so that's also, that's also one of the aims of that chapter. Um, and, and then yeah, I think, I think the chapter serves to motivate this, the institutional approach, the, and, and, and this uh, attention to, to sort of to, to, to micro level sociology, because this is something that hasn't been done very much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right. And I think that whole discussion in that chapter sets up, you know, kind of your more contemporary discussions, you know, in the New York area and different cities in Europe. And, you know, that structure that you get to later in the festival section, I think works well, too. So I think you've done a good job of kind of bridging, you know, historical context with kind of like more recent manifestations, you know, of those themes that you're <laughs> teasing out um, in those introductory chapters. Um, and then going on to kind of more of the case study chapters, you know, chapters four and five, you know, you get into clubs in New York, Amsterdam, Brussels, and Copenhagen. So what are some of the takeaways about performance institutions from those discussions? Good question. I think um, the, 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 um, the, the, the main... I mean, there are really two there 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 are two um, two objectives throughout the book. One is to 
to to sort of to understand uh, you know how institutions work. I mean, wh- I mean, uh, and how uh, they they can um, provide a more systematic understanding of of how music feels uh, to sort of evolve. The other is how is is to evaluate or to criticize to think critically about to think critically about this evolution. And in both New York and, and in the other cities, the the main evolution is what I call the, the sort of commercial institutionalization, and specifically the, the corporate institutionalization. Uh, you know that um, the clubs have become um, that, that the club sort of that the general model of the club uh, is now a more sort of it's now it's a, it's become a platform for a constant industry. I mean, so that, you know, also existed in the 60s and 70s, but it has now become more dominant. And, and there are types of clubs that have become rare, like, like the smaller experimental sort of, um, clubs, the, uh, owned by one person, you know, renting a space, uh, DIY clubs, these things have become rare in, in, in the gentrified city. Um, and 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 then you know, the argument is that this is not. I, I don't want to demonize the uh, the uh, I mean corporations or or, um, or 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 commercial club companies. Uh, I want to see them as as a as a, as a, as, a, as a organizations that are exploiting conditions created uh, by complex forces. So. When when real estate prices go up and 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 there's a, the, the complex the demographic changes in the city, the markets for concerts uh, change and and uh, and uh, all many aspects of cultural life uh, change. Um, so 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 I don't I don't want to to, to create this sort of simple uh, simplistic you know negative image of of the music and concert industry, um, but. There are some some really disturbing aspects of the development. I think that says something about what we are losing in cultural life in cities, not just in music, because I think music illustrates this. I think that that um, um, the the um, the uh, the uh, transformation into a into a condition of life in which things are structured. I mean, Many aspects of life are structured by professional work, by uh, by you know uh, um, uh, by commercial organizations. Uh, um, this is a, a more general picture of this more general condition. It's not only specific to music, but music shows it. Also, it shows that 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 it, I think what is uh, sort of unique to music or what music uh, it can tell us about the broader picture is. Um, is how restrained uh, the the um, I mean urban cultural life has become. There these, the, there's one passage in the book where I, I reflect on the on this sort of restrained and controlled, uh, emotionally controlled um, sort of very structured experience of uh, of music at the Bowery Ballroom or in some of the clubs in New York. Um, that is, it's much more sort of you know. Uh, it's much more structured compared to 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 to, to club experiences in earlier decades, which was more it was more hedonistic, and there's no reason to have a, this uh, any sort of nostalgic or, or simple nostalgic sort of you know emotion about that. But but certainly it shows that that, that there's a 
the, the, the condition of urban life, the cultural condition of urban life, uh, has become more, uh, um, maybe confined or sort of controlled, and it's more sort of defined by by commercial and professional interests. So, in 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 some sense. Although, although, uh, although uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, you know people go to concerts in the city is to experience some kind of emotional depth and freedom. They actually experience less emotional depth and freedom than than people were able to uh, sort of in past decades. And I think that's uh, something f- to me that 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 um, uh, is uh, uh, a, a bit troubling. And I think it also related to to uh, to political culture and to concerns about about climate change and and I think other things. So it opens it opens up broader perspectives. I think. Yeah, and how do you see? I guess those spaces changing in the current climate. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So with the COVID nineteen. Yes. Uh, well, I think it's a big. I think it's a collapse. I think. Uh, I think that um, uh, although it's not been. Uh, it's not been described as a, a, a as a collapse in in the media. I think that uh, um, if this is if the uh, if it's not possible to organize concerts and festivals uh, um, sort of professionally uh, in the near within within the next year, I think uh, it, it would be a major sort of collapse of the entire industry. But uh, I mean, but the vaccine could come uh, could come in a few months, and then festivals could could uh, could uh, could, um, could could begin. You know, there could be festivals again uh, next summer. It, it, the festivals would, would certainly not be the same. But but uh, but the but there's a but the demand for 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 concerts and festivals will be will be great when they start again. So. So if the vaccine comes, uh, I mean, uh, or or or, or say cure or cure, uh, I think we're going to see you know uh, things getting back to normal pretty quickly. Um, if not, it will be a major crisis, and then uh, uh, so not just a crisis but a collapse, and and then it will take it will take longer time before before the uh, the, the industry is back. But it, but I. I think it's going to get it's going to come back to normal. I mean, within uh, within a few years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. And I know folks that are kind of trying to plan those types of events right now are grappling with a lot of uh, unsure factors. <laughs> it, it's. I think it's. A, it's. It's a, a, the uncertainty. Is uh, so great that I mean, although there are twenty teams or more, you know, working on a vaccine, we don't know how the we don't know how the virus is going to to transform, or, or you know, so um, it is very uncertain. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that could, uh, but but that would be good. I mean, it can be a good size. To, I mean, from a cultural perspective, uh, from a commercial perspective, I mean, from the business perspective, it's a disaster. No doubt, but 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 for from a cultural and social perspective, it might not be such a disaster because the the industry is not, you know, it, it, its goal is not to 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 create community or to to uh, to, uh, to 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 grow and and make music or culture more diverse. Uh, it, it's uh, main objective is to uh, is to make profit, and that is sometimes 
forgotten. I think there's a it's sometimes conflated that that the industry is a is a it's as if it's necessary to to um, for for people to experience community and 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 to and to enjoy themselves. And that is, I think, that is not the case. It is uh, it is to some extent doing that, but uh, but uh, but there are many other ways of of of, of experiencing community and and um, and. Uh, uh, experiencing music together, it doesn't have to be organized by an industry. Right. And I think you kind of get at that in your conclusion, for instance, like you argue for alternatives to these narratives of commercial growth and consumer satisfaction, like you call for more than that, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's true. It's, it's, this. uh, it's, insp- I'm inspired by Martha Nussbaum's thinking, uh, which is something she developed, uh, uh, you know, with Amartya Sen, uh, this idea of uh, of human growth, uh, which is uh, distinct from uh, it's something that they de- it's an idea that they development uh, uh, something that they developed uh, in their experience of researching and and uh, serving as consultants for um, for uh, for, um, for world organizations in development co- in developing countries where they were where they, where they were sort of uh, became skeptical or critical of, of thinking about growth in 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 narrow economic terms and especially uh, thinking about sort of the national sort of um, sort of uh, 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 economy and saying that you know growth is also it's also important to think of, I mean, there are countries, there's some, I mean, some, some countries, I mean, are very rich. For instance, you know, South Africa under apartheid, it was, it was a rich country, sort of statistically. Uh, so in, in general, it had a GNP, what's it called? Um, it was, it was high. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of capital in the country, but it was not, it was not evenly distributed and it was a racist, uh, it was a racist regime. Um, that, that's one example. So, so this idea of, of human growth, it's something that they have they've been working on for a long time. And, and, um, and, and that sort of inspires me. I think that that's something to, that, to think about and something that the industry is not doing for us and can right. do. I, yeah. I, because I really think it, it, it cannot do it, but it, to some extent, you know, it, now it's appealing to, to, in some countries, to governments, I, I don't know. I don't want to be too specific because it's also something I haven't researched. But my sense is that the industry is somehow appealing to this idea that if there is no industry, uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a valuable part of people's lives that will uh, disappear, and that is true. But it can also, but but that part, you know, cultural life can also exist in less industrialized forms. Right. Um, so we've been talking a lot about kind of like more recent and kind of contemporary like aspects of these industries, but let's kind of take a step back, right. And look mm-hmm. at, you know, the history, for instance, of the music festival institution, uh, that you talked about in chapter six. Can you talk about that kind of discussion you have there? Yeah. Um, this is one of the most fascinating, it was, was one of the most fascinating parts of the book, uh, for me, um, during the writing, it was something I, something I discovered, you know, first I, it, it was, it actually, I mean, just to be honest, uh, I, I, I looked further back in history because I was somewhat, 
I, I felt that the field of thinking left to us and to me, including me, um, by the dominant ideas of festivals today, it was the field of thinking was too, it was too, it was too narrow. And, and so, so I began sort of thinking, okay, uh, I mean, how can I, I mean, how can we understand this? Uh, I mean, how did this situation come into place? How did, I mean, how did we end up in this place where, you know, Lollapalooza and, and Coachella are, are sort of the dominant sort of image of what a festival is? And um, then I looked into to the literature and and uh, there's been, been this important work done by George McKay and others, uh, you know, tracing the the history of the popular music festival. But... Um, uh, it was it was then that that, that um, I I I decided to to look f- look further back in history and say I mean where I mean because I mean I, I know that the, 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 the books that have mentioned earlier examples and we all know we all heard the examples of the Wagner Festival in Bayreuth and and, and the Mozart Festival in Salzburg uh, 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 so at least they're the, the famous examples. Um, I, I, I thought to myself, if this is an institution, uh, if this is a sort of a, you know, a phenomenon that has existed before, it must be possible to develop a, a more structured, a more clear analysis of their evolution and their history. Um, so, so then I started reading about, you know, the history of, of festivals and, 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 and fest, you know, the, you know, cultural festivity, other types of festival events. And, and this opened up this, this perspective of, of, of this interpretation of the festival as a specific form of, of as a specific form of festivity. Uh, you know, there are these examples of, of a festivity that are le- less structured, that are more spontaneous. Uh, one of my sort of, uh, uh, core examples uh, is the uh, the uh, the uh, festivity during the French Revolution that was that was constantly transforming and it was took many forms. It, it never became a festival, although that the, the, the term festival has been used later. Um, so uh, there the, are these spontaneous and improvised forms of, of, of festivity. Um, and then when it becomes a festival, it, this has happened in some situations. In some traditions, that, that that it becomes regularized, it becomes so a festival. It happens at the same time every year. It has the same duration. Uh, there's a there's a there's a certain you know fixed you know program or or order. Um, um, so really, the 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 the, the sort of the the, the, um, the sort of the main argument there is that the that the that the, um, the music festival it evolved from um from 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 annual celebrations in the church and into into the secular music festival in the uh, in the 18th century and and was um was uh, uh, there are many aspects of this but one of them was that it was really associated with this idea of of a civic uh, life and 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 of and of um you know um forms of uh, experiencing togetherness and publicness uh, through singing, um, so th- so that is uh, sort of the the uh, I think the uh, and and this idea that through singing, I mean these music festivals, these uh, song festivals, if you will, 
were were central site for the experience of what it meant to be a modern secular being citizen and i think that is uh, for me to me very fascinating uh, and i think that's some something to be partially lost uh, but um um, um but then we have gained something, something else. I mean, we, we, I mean the, 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 the festival traditions today, the, the popular music festival traditions today, and also the classical and art music festivals, uh, they are, they're, they're more professional and, 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 um, there's a greater circulation of international stars. Um, they're adapted to the needs of modern consumers. So, so, so it can all be explained and understood, but I think it's, it's fascinating to, to see that the music festivals, I mean, that they had such a uh, central role in, in, in this experience of, of, of a major transition in, in sort of in, uh, in history. I mean, from the aristocratic uh, society and the feudal society to, um, to the secular sort of, to secular democracies and capitalism. Yeah. Um, and you set up all that, like you're starting to get at with, kind of the contemporary manifestations of all those things leading up, you know, you talk about factors like globalization, like you start to talk about like the corporate aspects and definitely the role of media, um, all this, you know, in the next three chapters, seven through nine. Um, can you talk about kind of these transformations of the festival institution in recent memory? Yeah. Um, this is, uh, the, I think um, the the um, the um, I think the, I think the the first uh, sort of the, the general transformation is is how the festival institution was adopted into into Anglophone pop culture. Um, it, it had a, a, before the Second World War. It had a history in in different cultural traditions uh, but but with the evolution of uh, with the evolution of uh, of, um, uh, of of various pop music cultures and jazz um, in the first half of the 20th century uh, and a new also with also with movies uh, so so in general with this sort of you know uh, with the new media culture that that was um, that was uh, Mainly, sort of, mainly based in the United States and, but also in England, um, and then spread to to continental Europe. Uh, festivals, uh, sort of, the festival institution became a platform for that media culture uh, gradually, and then in recent decades, it's it's mostly a history of corporatization, and then how the festival is is a. It's still serving, you know, still sort of an institution of music, and and it's presenting new forms of music, and but it's also an institution that serves the interests of, of of these capitalist institutions and the advertising industry and 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 other things. So so the the outlook and character. This is how I describe it. The outlook and character of festivals have transformed. This is also how we can understand, you know, the 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 evolution into into a festival design of you know multiple stages and and large shopping areas uh, concessions uh, um there's so much consumption at festivals now um uh, if you look at the early pop music festivals it was a it, there was really one stage there was a it was a, like a it was, it was a greek uh, i wouldn't say greek but it was a plenum there was 
we are all in the same we are all in the same area we are all the, at the same stage and um by programming your know, music uh, there's a constant stream of concerts in many stages but several stages uh these festivals can 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 um, i mean can attract larger audiences and and uh but they also offer more entertainment so so it's not only i mean it's not uh, i don't mean to sound uh, to, to sound negative but but it is also a, it is also a product of of a commercial exploitation right it's really fascinating to see how much they have boomed i guess um i mean absolutely and i think i think that's uh, the the books uh again you know speaking of the, of the title everyone loves live music um uh, uh I mean, the industry, the concert industry certainly, certainly loves live music. And, 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 it, and, and the book's argument is that the, the, the industry, this is also, this is not just, this is, I mean, live music is not, it's not just a, you know, um, it's an object of pure love. It's also a love, it's also an object of commercial exploitation that the industry has played a major role in, in transforming it into what it is today. Yeah. Well, thank you for explaining kind of like, you know, your ideas with the book. And I hope folks will be able to pick it up soon and check all of your, you know, excellent theorizing of all that and out. Um, and so I'll conclude this interview with a question about what you've been reading <laughs> since yeah. this is a podcast for readers after all. So what books did you find most helpful with writing Everyone Loves Live Music? Oh, the I think the I think the, the list of cited works is is uh, is astronomic. Uh, it's um, fifty pages or so. But um, I guess I uh, the way I want to respond to this, I would prefer to respond to this question is saying that that I really um, along the way. They had many, many meaningful and, 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 uh, encounters with sort of virtual encounters with authors in the past, both contemporary authors, but also way back, uh, I mean, uh, far back in history. Um, and we have these, I think authors have these, I mean, have these virtual conversations, like you're reading something by, something by, um, by Shakespeare, or which I also did during the writing of this book, but I didn't cite him, or, um, or or by a scholar from the 18th century or something, and you have these these uh, these uh, really meaningful experiences that is transforming how you think and opening up new doors and 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 expanding your sort of your thinking. Um, but these are somewhat, you know, these are. Experiences that that uh, it, it's it, they're extremely valuable, and it's a it's really a part of what uh, I, I think of what what makes it so 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 gratifying to be an author. But it's hard to to to, to mention any. I mean, with a work such as this, it's I think it's hard to to mention one specific author or book. Um, I understand. I'm a bibliophile. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but there are certainly books that, 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 uh, you know, I read very carefully and, and that surprised me and that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, so, that, so, uh, so that's another thing. I mean, with this book, I, I, I took a lot more time to read carefully than I've done, you know, many times in the past. So there are books that I read extremely carefully and said, okay, this is, 
I I don't want to to uh, to, to gloss over something. This is too important. I, so so so, so I, I think all too often we we um, I think also it's including myself have a tendency to to um, to skim something and then write about it in fifteen minutes and then move on because we think it's just you know what uh, just a small step on the way, but uh, to to uh, to build something and to to uh, to create new understandings and and to contribute something of quality. I think it's important to read re, to, to read and think very carefully. Um, so so I so so rather you know. Uh, uh, Cite fewer books. I mean, cite fewer books and articles, but read them more carefully. Right, that makes a lot of sense. I think sometimes we just get in a big hurry and get you know compressed for time. And well, the the conditions today in academia are so are so that I mean everyone has to publish frequently and 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 they're rewarded for quantity. So, so, uh, so there's this big, uh, this is this, uh, I mean, huge pressure to to publish uh, often, and and as soon as it, uh, uh, as soon as it can be accepted by a journal or a publisher, uh, I mean, uh, the administration doesn't care because uh, in, in some countries they're basically just counting points. Right, and that shapes the reading process and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, which is um, which is. I mean, I'm not a. Uh, this, which is uh, not a. I mean, the, the reasons uh, why it has evolved into this. Uh, I think um, with this book, I just wanted to do something else. So I, I felt along a lot of the time that I was a little bit outside of history. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and let me ask you this too: Do you have any other projects underway? Not that a book alone isn't enough, but you know. Yeah. I um, I have some ideas. I, I've been since I completed the book. I've been I've been working on on ideas about emotional life in times of climate change, um, and uh, and music is part of it, but it's not exclusive. Uh, it's not about music only. Um, I'm also thinking about writing a, 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 about writing a new sociology of music, so a book that that. Uh, it's a more systematic, you know, introduction maybe, but also exploration of of of, of music from 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 the, throughout the history of sociology because there have been the, the, the this yeah so 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 those are two projects that I'm thinking about, but but it's uh, I'm still exploring. Oh yeah, and I think based on what you just said, I definitely see those resonances coming out of this book, you know, to as a springboard for. Yeah those projects um cool thank you so much dr fabian halt for joining us today on new books and celebration studies well thank you very much emily it was a pleasure talking to you yeah no problem and listeners thank you for joining us as well as a recap this is the end of an interview with dr fabian halt about his book everyone loves live music a theory of performance institutions published by the university of chicago press in 2020 This is Emily Allen, and I'll see you next time here on New Books and Celebration Studies, a special series from the New Books Network.